Now if I had the courage, I'd pour into your jaw All the things that I have heard you whisper in the dark And when that jaw was heavy... Hello, and welcome to Indie Bandwidth, an indie music father-son podcast. I'm the father. And I'm not. So, hello everybody. Um, if you're listening to us for the first time, welcome. And if you've heard us before, boy, it's been a long time. It's been a year. It has been probably more than a year, or actually no, maybe less. just about a year. It's almost a year. Wow. Because uh, we did, we started, so we, we ended in like March or May. So almost yeah, a year. So uh, season two, it was our plan all along. But yeah, so we haven't, it got kind of crazy trying to record episodes, and so we had to cut it off. Um but we're ready now. Yeah, life gets in the way, folks. But here we are. Uh, boy, a lot's changed, man. I mean, for me, I'm just a, the same old, old, you know, crusty guy I used to be. But you're in that period of life where crap changes real fast in a year. Yeah, and relating to the subject of this podcast, I actually kind of know stuff about music now, which is... Yeah, you, you play music better. Now. Yes, I play, I play music pretty prolifically. Yeah, you play guitar, great. like, every day. And bass, you were just playing with your band today. Yeah. Um, well, great. Yeah, we're, we're we're seeing if we can scrape anything together. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, so I pretty much started playing guitar right after uh, we stopped recording, and I've been just messing around on it since, trying to get as good as I can. You're good, man. I mean, I've been playing as a hobby for like 20 years and you already know more than I do. So you're, you're in great shape. I've also been trying to study music theory whenever I can. So, I mean, that pertains pretty, um, uh, heavily to this. Cause I'll, so what, basically what all this amounts to is I'll actually be able to talk with some level of authority, um, about, um, the music that we're, that we cover. The, and the good news is, um, you still really like those bands. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Like, your your love for the bands that we were covering has not diminished. I've definitely, like, opened up more of a musical yep. taste. I'm a lot more open to listening to, like, slightly more popular music now. Yeah, like uh, Britney Spears you're really into, and, like, Taylor God. Swift, I think you've got... No, don't even... Sorry. Bad joke. Bad joke. Um... But yeah, but I've but these bit but you know indie music is still my go to when I go to listen to music just to chill out or to find some enjoyment in audio. Right, which sort of brings us to the album and artist we're going to bring you the band that we're going to bring you today. What I love about this is this is a band that pretty much Parker has brought to the table. I mean, in a weird way, I guess I introduced them to you, but only because of how we both heard of the one song, but then you dived into them, and I'd never listened to any of their albums. Yeah, so let's go into that. So we both are huge fans of the podcasting family... The empire. ...of the McElroys. They're super great, and if you haven't listened to their stuff... I mean, come on. Everybody you knows should. my brother, my brother, and me. If yeah. you don't, what are you doing on podcast? It's a really funny podcast, but they have some, they have some really great uh, stuff, and so one of the brothers, Justin McElroy... Has a podcast with his wife Sydney where they talk about medical history. It's called Sawbones. Um, I've been listening to it for uh, quite a while, and the the um, intro music for that song is 
a song called Medicines. And it's by a band that I'd never heard, but I liked the intro song. It's great. I've always loved it. And I and I I'll, and I after I started listening to it, I immediately tried to seek it out to find the full version of the song, which I found out wasn't that long anyway. But and then I slowly started to discover more about the band that wrote uh, that song, and that's the Taxpayers, which is the subject of that's right. today. The Taxpayers, um, a absolutely fantastic band. Really, really great. Um, for, for, I felt like. I felt a slightly hesitant to do them for our sort of like, you know, comeback episode kind of, um, but I st- I now feel pretty confident about it because it's an absolutely phenomenal album. Oh um, yeah, that's so good. And you know, I bet we'll well, I'm, this is probably not the only taxpayer album we're ever going to cover either. And yes, we will be getting back to the pavement realm. And probably no means no realm. Definitely Some of no those classics. No. You know, no means no is kind of no means no of... has surpassed my love for pavement, and and I know some of you pavement fans might be cringing at that, but that doesn't mean he doesn't still love pavement. And I, I absolutely do. love pavement. Um, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of pavement recently. Slanted is currently my favorite album. Um, nice. But no means no is phenomenal, and for all you uh, pavement fans that are our listeners. Just and everyone who hasn't listened to No Means No, just give them a few more chances. And you know, I want to do a quick shout out to um, JD of the uh, Meeting Malcolmus podcast. So if you're a Pavement fan, you're clearly already listening to that podcast, and it's fantastic. And in one of the early episodes, he gave us a shout out for our episode on Watery Domestic, and I think that's what keeps driving people to our podcast, even though we've been gone for a year. We still get listens every day, which is beyond me, so... Uh, anyway, thanks, JD. If you're listening to this one, super appreciate it. I mean, that's you're, where a huge amount of our listener bases yeah. has come from. Yeah, so uh, that 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 was that was real cool. Um, so, tell us what taxpayer album we are going to be talking about. We today. are doing the taxpayers album. God forgive these bastards. Songs from the forgotten life of Henry Turner. So good. It is probably, yeah. I think it's my favorite of their albums. I am a little hesitant to do that because I love so many of their albums, um, but. It is, I think, objectively probably their best. It is so good. It's it's just um, it feels really so complex. connected and co- complex and rooted in a real like story, right? Like a real emotional well, it's story to a degree based on true events. No, yeah, correct. So, correct. for those of you who aren't familiar, um, my understanding of. That's our caveat, my understanding, right? Like, we don't know everything, we don't have all the Everything I'm going to say about... Could be wrong. ...Henry Turner and all this, take it with a grain of salt, because I am... Or a bucket. You know, uh, no authority on it. But, so, Henry Turner um, was a sort of good acquaintance of uh, Rob Taxpayer, who um, is the lead singer and uh, a guitarist of the Taxpayers. And so he was a, a guy that he knew and he'd often meet and um, Henry Turner would like tell him like many store and interesting and entertaining stories from his life. Um, and then he passed away. And so this is kind of um, sort of in remembrance right. of Henry Turner. Right. I want to tell a quick anecdote, a uh, personal anecdote to kind of bring it back to me and me and the, the boy here. Um, so Parker has gotten into vinyl this year, which is great. Yeah. And one of the vinyls that I got him for his last birthday was this one. I saw it pop up on the taxpayers' uh, Facebook group, 
and I hurriedly hit the buy button and it was gone. It was sold out. But one of the, I think it was Arthur, I'm not sure, one of the taxpayers saw my note about like, oh, I really wish I'd have gotten this for Parker. And he messaged me saying, hey, I've got one left. Happy to give it to you if you go on and buy it right now. And he opened it up just so that I could get it. I, I, I ordered it and they, they gave a like a personal inscription to Parker. It was just... It was absolutely it was phenomenal. And yeah. it's definitely like one of the best birthday gifts I've received throughout the years. Yeah. I've yeah. listened to I listened to it a lot uh, digitally, um, but I've listened to it way more times on vinyl now. The the just the sound of the album on vinyl is just super great. Um, so yeah. if you guys are out there and you're listening, thank you, man. That, those were that or and folks, that was phenomenal. I think we should probably dive in. We're already yeah. all, we're almost ten minutes in and we haven't played a song. Okay. So, so before we do that though, because a lot of people maybe no maybe not a lot, but some people will have no idea what kind of music the taxpayers are in for. Or what they're in for with the taxpayers. So why don't you tell me? Because I kind of want to let you drive on this. They so for for me they feel like starting from a place of like folk music, and then quickly going into a bunch of different areas. And uh, one of the areas they go they delve into mainly is punk rock. Yes, their so album like, is their s- stuff is super heavy and loud. I don't know why the term whiskey punk keeps coming to my head, but if that, it's it's what I think of whenever I think of the taxpayers, whiskey punk, which I don't think is a thing, but they're phenomenal. And I've and I've uh, sort of they, they they for me what I originally kind of pegged them as was sort of folk punk, but they only loosely fit into that genre. That genre can honestly get a bit stale, and they so transcend it by uh, implementing in so many different styles right. and elements. So let's quit teasing you with all that and let's dive into their first song and this first song is called do you know what it's called parker uh it's called as the sun beats down here is a clip As the sun beats down. Sun beat down, sorry. This is a wonderful start to the album. I think it really perfectly sets the like atmosphere and tone tone. For sure. For sure. It starts off with like a really crazy sort of uh, uh, chaotic like almost jazz uh, saxophone solo, which I don't know that we're gonna have that in the clip. Yeah, but... th- every sort all the instruments are kind of uh, going at different uh, paces and tempos and and it takes like a couple seconds before they all kind of file into the to the that's um, right but then it settles into the order that, of that the guitar song. riff which is just yeah. fantastic and then rob i mean 
you cannot get around the fact that one of the most iconic things to me about this band, the iconic things about this band, is Rob's voice. It is so passionate and so raw, um, but very musical, right? It's not like he's not a screaming punk voice, but he has that energy behind him. If I'm being perfectly honest, it kind of reminds me of the other Rob's voice. Uh, yeah, a little bit. In, in just sort of the, the, the amount passion. of passion and... What he and... can convey in it. And uh, emotion. Yeah, he's talking about Rob Wright, everybody, just yeah. in case. For those that aren't no means no fanatics like we are. Um, yeah, so this song, uh, I personally, unfortunately, and that's gonna be it's gonna be a real failing for me on talking about this album. Um, I don't. I'm not as deeply familiar with the lyrics of this album as I am with everything else we've covered because I have not been as immersed in this as I have in all these other albums. The only I am not. Quite either. Uh, this is a song I I can hear all the lyrics on, which isn't always the case. Um, I don't quite understand them or what they're meaning. This this song kind of feels like a sort of in media res kind of yeah point yeah. Um, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but one of the things that you've mentioned to me about this is the arc of this album. When you think about Henry Turner being sort of the narrator in a way, like this is his story. And there's a real, like, anger or just aggression, sort of, in this one. Especially sort of, inside one right. of the album. Right. So sort of a, a fist raised at the sky sort of feeling. Um, and I really get that passion from, from Rob Taxpayer's voice in this. And in a lot of it, there's just that... Even though Rob is really letting loose with his vocals, there's this... Uh, the, the, the guitar part is almost spare underneath it until you get those punctuations of the of the saxophone and other instruments coming right. in on, behind it and the drums. And sort of that whole, whole like, discordant arrangement kind of thing will pop up a lot on this album. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that this sets the tone for that, right? It, it gives the, the overall feeling that you're going to get throughout the entire album, even though it goes... You know, far up and down the scale of that, but yeah, it's there's cool. a there's a lot of fluctuation in in the in the musical styles here. Yeah, um, but it's a great. Story. There's a there's a lot of the first few songs are are pretty punk heavy, um, with a lot of horns. Yep, um, and then about probably halfway through the first side, you get um, probably my favorite of the chiller pieces on this. Um, and then it sort of goes up and down like that of having a few punk songs and a chill song, and right. then it, and then it chills out a lot by the end. Yeah, it's got a great sine wave. This album. Let's um, because there's so many songs on this album, let's yeah. jump into the next one. Uh, do you remember what it's called? Uh, I forget which one it is. Atlanta's own. All right. All right. So here's a little clip from.
Alright, that was a clip of Atlanta's own. This song, um... So it starts out with... A riff that you will see repeated a few times. Or at least two times on the album. Um, this time it's played by a Saxon trumpet. Right. Um, it's a real, it's like, smooth jazz riff. Yeah. It's so, or fun, I don't know if jazz is the right word, but it's just a really smooth, fun riff. And then it just punches you right in the face, going right. full punk. So it carries that riff on for about a minute, and then um, a super loud, fuzzed-out guitar... Uh, breaks through it, and then the rest of the instruments follow suit, and the tempo kind of picks up. The um, the drums, you know, stop just just having the one symbol be the like the lead percussion and just go all out. Um, and then the vocals come in. That's right. And this time, uh, Nazarene taxpayer joins in, who's also their uh, accordion keyboard player. And adds her voice to the mix, and her and Rob go just full balls to the wall on this on this song. This is, I mean, to me, this is one of the most. Well, we'll see as we go through it, but one of one of the most straightforward punk songs. Besides the fact that it includes a lot of trumpet and sax, and has those other has that whole beginning section, which is about thirty seconds long, right. really. The the trumpet part really breaks through once the once uh-huh. the um, punk rock section uh, picks up the you know it's it's very just very loose and fast it's it's really it's really interesting and it pairs like perfectly with with the loud guitars yeah. and the fast drums yeah and lyrically you start you hear them talking about baseball in this which i know henry right. henry turner was a baseball player he was a baseball player i mean that's where why it's called the atlanta zone he 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 played um for the atlanta team whatever maybe the atlanta was. braves we're not sure <laughs> But um, I don't know if they were the Braves back then or if it was minor league or major league that he played for. Um, but yeah, so again, a narr- there's a clear narrative going on here. I'm not familiar enough with the lyrics, which, you know, shame on me to, to really comment on that enough. But you can still, the energy behind the song is crazy. This is a crazy one-two punch, the first two uh, songs on this. Um, the, the range that they've already gone through is, um, I don't know, I, don't, I can't really right now other than something like, Mr. Bungle, which and every song goes through a million ranges. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of another album off the top of my head which kind of uh, is is this schizophrenic in such a great holistic well, way. Well, there's so many like different genres and ideas being put together, but they're put together in in a way that just feels right. It, yeah. never, it never feels out of place or no. forced. It's, no, it all it all flows brilliantly. It's really organic, and I, and that's like alchemy. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, of course I know how they do it, I can hear it, but it's, it's an enormous talent to be able to do that. Because a lot of times that kind of stuff feels stitched together. Even one of my other favorite bands, favorite bands is Stratosphere, they do this a lot, but often that's kind of stitched together. Like, you can tell they're, let's put some metal into this song. It feels a bit gimmicky for them. Sometimes. As much as I I love it. Even though I love it. But this is different. There's, there's a real purpose behind it, right? So... It, it absolutely serves the narrative and serves the um, exactly. aesthetic. Exactly. All right, well, let's jump into the next song here. Um, this one is called Who the Hell Are You? So here's a clip from that one. Thank you. 
Alright, that was a clip of Who the Hell Are You? Another super fast, energetic, fist shaking at the sky song. I mean, the title alone, Who the Hell Are You, right? It, yeah, it's... There's a lot of, like, anger in, in these first few songs. It's, yeah. That's the that's kind of the vibe. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about this song other than that it's another banger. It's really... Um, these guys know how to take... So, at its root, in a certain way, kind of like traditional three-chord punk, but these this great musicianship, a real passion behind it, a real story behind it, and then you've got this sax and this uh, trumpet coming in all over the place to just really add this texture that you just don't really get in other punk bands. I Yeah, I have a lot of trouble listening to uh, traditional punk rock because I find it to, it gets stale for me so quickly. Um, but I enjoy a lot of like like sort of punk fusion bands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, these three songs together, it, it becomes really clear to me this is one of those albums, as I kind of think most albums are, but this one in particular, it's really meant to be listened all the way through back to front. I mean, it kind of has to. It kind of has to. Like, it's, there's a few songs you could pick out of this, maybe, but really, it's, it's, it's an entire fabric. It's a tapestry. Well, th- this that is something builds. that I am like, eh, about. This album contains some of the taxpayers' well, it contains their most popular songs. Their most famous works, um, for better or for worse, because because that kind of makes it so that those songs are picked out of the album, and I feel like it doesn't take, you know, I don't know how popular this album is as a complete work. I'm sure a lot of the people who really love those songs have listened to the whole thing, but um, I don't think everyone has. I listened to those songs way before I listened to the whole album all the way through. Right. It took me a while listening to the taxpayers. I started getting into their uh, early uh, albums first, and it took me a while before I listened to this one. Um, but after I did, you know, it kind of blew me away. And to me, more... You know, I, I, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, and I hope this isn't offensive, because I know this would be offensive to some people, but this, to me, feels like a concept album. This is an album that's really meant to be a whole unified experience. It doesn't feel like a bunch of songs that were written during a certain period that, uh, you know, go together and were put together, sequenced in a nice way. It's a singular statement, and and it's meant to be listened to as a whole. Each song leads really, really well into the next. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, speaking of that, let's, uh, let's jump into this next song, because, again, we had a lot of songs to get through here. Um, and this next song is... Hold on just a second, everybody, because our gear is misbehaving. This next song is... Oh, it's a great one. God Damn These Hands of Mine. All right, so stay tuned, because it's coming up. Click. When fly, bottles on the floor, That was a clip of Goddamn These Hands of Mine. Yeah. Um, 
jeez, man, this is it just really such fits, a ramp up. It really fits, like, the progression feels really, really great, because it starts out with just a cr- really crazy, very off-kilter um, song with um, As the Sun Beat Down. Right. Um, and then it's just a couple just really good... Uh, feels kind of like straight-up punk rock, but with much more sophisticated lyrics and also some really great, like, horn elements. Um, and this song just really carries out that sort of, um, sort of, like, idea. I love the guitar in this one, too, because it's really, like, it's almost haunting in a way, the way that it's playing notes that are just off the 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 sort of key range of this song and just make it feel off kilter. And then you've got both Rob and Nazarene coming again, just with their full throated passion. I mean, it's Henry Turner, right? It's like, it's his, you you feel his anger or just frustration seemingly. That's my interpretation of it anyway. Um, Yeah. It's just been this steady ramp up, uh, but with, different ways of approaching that instrumentation in every song. Well, the, and this is the the height of this first, because it, it ramps up to here, it doesn't go any farther than this. Right. This is the peak, and then it falls, and then it falls into a different uh, element of sort of Henry Turner's story. It's interesting, it's interesting, which I'm, you know, I'm positive if you were to chart this out on the story they're trying to tell about him, says a great deal. And I, I don't, and I don't think everything here is like in order. I mean, as we'll see right, in the sure. next song, it talks about his childhood. Right. Um, but it's sort of a. But the progression still feels natural. Um, it doesn't feel like these songs could be in any other order. And if if you go back and listen to this whole album, and if at this point you're not a huge fan of Rob Taxpayer's voice, I, I kind of don't know what's wrong with you. because Well, you're never going to be won over. <laughs> I, you're probably never going to be won over. And I get it. I mean, l- let me back off that statement. I get it. It's not going to be for everybody. But if this music is at all in your wheelhouse, I think you'll... And you haven't heard of the Taxpayers before, you have discovered a new gym. Because uh, it's just incredible. The whole band is incredible, and his energy is is pretty unstoppable. So... Since, as you uh, mentioned, we're about to go into a uh, different sort of feeling in this album, let's jump into that, because I think it'll be interesting to kind of descend All right, this next song I'm pretty excited about. It's Drinking with Mickey Mantle. It's a wonderful one, and here's a clip. from Drinking with Mickey Mantle. Right. So the song, um, I think the song would be way too jarring if it didn't have its intro. The intro is just um, a sax and trumpet, and it's just some, like, long tones, and it's... It's a dirge, almost. It's right. It's a melancholy... It 
totally changes the tone of where this album has been going. Right, but it keeps with the theme of a lot of horns, which is yes, what yes, all no, the it previous... carries you gently right. into this, right? But it's a and then yeah. they fade out and rain fades in, which is yep. just the best so good white noise for this song. Well, and it's rain, which again that carries an emotional weight, right? right? There's we all have a sort of universal feeling of what that sound of rain means. So the mastery of going from that that horn and uh, that that sax and trumpet uh, duet into the rain and into that amazing uh, acoustic and Rob, who now, if if you'd listened to those first songs and gone like, well, well, this guy's just really good at screaming, suddenly you realize, no, no, he's really good at singing. Yeah, this this is a really great song. I'm. I, this is one of the first songs I learned how to play, of, of the Taxpayers Library. I don't know. You, I didn't know you knew how to play this. Yeah. I want to hear you play this song. <laughs> um, God damn! I was gonna say like, oh, this is a song you should learn how to play. Yeah, it took me a while to get the picking pattern, but I think I finally have it to some level of success. But it's okay, a re- well, but it's, that kicks ass. It's a really great song, and it's just such a such a departure from what the album first was, and it shows like a different side of Henry Turner. It's a departure, but as we've been talking about before, it's absolutely of a piece of the rest, right? Like, it carries some of that energy, carries some of the nostalgia. You still feel the, the, the other songs that have come before it on the album, but it is a much different feel. Right, where those songs were very uh, angry and loud, this song is, is um, more thoughtful and intimate. Yeah, as are the lyrics, right? It's talking about his past, and it's nostalgic. He's talking about his childhood you know, growing up, being a, kind of foreordained to be a baseball player. And me, and this song Mickey Mantle. is a lot about his relationship with his grandfather. Right, which clearly was really important to him. Important to him, and then, as you hear in the conclusion of the song, kind of ended it in a way that he was not satisfied with. Right. It's a really, it's a gorgeous song. It's deeply nostalgic, and, I mean, it's one of my favorites on this album, for sure. But again, the entire album works as a piece, so it's hard to pick out favorites. Really, really good. Anything else you want to say about this one? No, it's a great song, uh, and you should go listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll probably actually play some pretty significant chunks on this uh, on this one, because they're really short, these songs. But, uh, but as with all of the works, we absolutely 100% recommend you go listen to the oh God, please. full album. Please, please, what are you doing? Yeah, anyway, so this next one... Is another one of your favorites, I think. Is it? Raised in the Shadows? I think so. I mean, I like all these songs. That's a stupid statement. Ladies and gentlemen, Raised in the Shadows. Okay, so that was... Raised in the Shadows? Yes. Um, 
something kind of interesting as we're listening to it right now uh i'm now just kind of starting to put together what i think some sort of narrative which i didn't was i wasn't able to put together before so this song um first i want to mention this song has the same sort of refrain uh from atlanta from the beginning of atlanta's own uh, i believe it's in a different key but it's the same it's the same sort of melody um and unlike Atlanta's own, it doesn't burst burst into sort of a punk. Right, it riff. stays with that for the whole yeah. for the whole for the duration of the song. And then halfway through, once uh, Rob's vocals cut out, there's just sort of like narration. It looks like he was just like just with a tape recorder in a bar. Is kind of the feel that I got. Exactly, um, it feels like someone it was actually that recorded like, by like new, new Henry Turner. Yeah, and about how he. Uh, Broke his hand. He, he he cut his hand. Like yeah. he was doing something, and he cut his hand really bad, so he couldn't. I'm assuming couldn't play baseball anymore. That's that's what I've now just realized is Ed. That how that also uh, applies to goddamn these broken down hands of mine. Right. Exactly. So is that that's not the name of the song. Goddamn these hands of mine is the name of the song. That's the lyric that I said before. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton more to say on the song. No, it's really good. And, and again, it's, it's really short. I won't say it's an interstitial, but it's it's short, right? It's it's like I a feel short like it isn't it, it is an interstitial because it's taking us out of drinking with Icky, Mickey Mantle, and this is almost about halfway, almost halfway through the album. Um, and so it 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 it's a it's a good reintroduction into into a heavier sound. It is, yeah, and there's that real passion behind it, but also really interestingly deep into the storytelling because it literally starts to tell a story halfway through the song right. in that in that recording. It's really great. So um, let's move on to the next song, and our next song is um, Drink... Nope, sorry. It's Weapon of God. Yeah, I love this song. It's really good. Here's a clip. listening to it i'm pretty sure this is my favorite song on the album i yeah. really 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 love it it's great it's great it's such a joy to listen to yeah and it's uh it's got such a great rhythm to it and again with the the sax and the trumpet um and brings a little bit of that punk energy back but without going uh f- full it's tilt. it's the energy of punk but without the the trappings of the genre right right it's it's a bit more controlled it's so good, though, for sure. And there's like a side... The, again, they're using some environmental sounds right. throughout. There's some like scrapes and it's it's such a... It's such a like like loud and ambient song. It's really great. I I, I love the arrangement of the song, too. Yeah. The, the drums really fit into the same tempo as the guitar and especially it really fits into the same sort of like beats as... Um, the trumpet, which I love the trumpet part on this song. Yeah, it's, it's really good. 
really, really phenomenal. Yeah, it's really good. And and short. Again, it's another really short song. A lot of the songs in this album are really short. Again, because I think it's it's of a whole piece, right? They yeah, they don't need it's they're, but they're all they're all pretty concise, but they tell exactly what they need to tell. None of them feel cut short. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, we're about halfway through the album, and the next one is called Jimmy Bartlett's Teeth. So let's jump into that one. All right. Jimmy Bartlett's Teeth, and uh, fully back into the all-out punk. This is probably sine the wave. most straight-up punk song. It is. On I mean, the album. it's really a sine wave. It's like it carves this really interesting path. And this the album. song is pretty exclusively sung by uh, Nazarene. Yeah, which is amazing. Rob only comes in at the very end with some kind of spoken word yelling. Yeah. So, but with some sort of uh, sort of exposition type type um uh lyrics yeah yeah i mean i'm ashamed to say that i have not sat down with this whole album with a lyric sheet in front of me i'm absolutely going to do that because i i want to be able to i'm 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 tracing the story of this album emotionally and sonically but i I want to get the full flavor of right i i haven't done that as you know i don't know enough of the details as as i as i uh should being as big a fan of this album as i am um, the album does paint such a clear emotional picture, but I still don't know the details of Henry Turner's life because I haven't I haven't really bothered to dive like deeply into dissecting the lyrics. Well, um, you know we're gonna do that. I think we're gonna do that, yeah. and we we recommend you do that too. The good thing is with most well not good thing but the obvious thing as with most music, you don't even have to do that to get the full force of this album in your heart and your head. I know it's going to add another layer to it, but it's not strictly necessary to sort of feel the genius of what they're putting on offer here. So anyway, I think uh, again, because we got a lot of songs to get through on this, it's one of the more packed uh, discs or uh, records that we've ever tried to, to do before. Let's get to the next one. And this one is called hungry dog in the street. All right, here's a clip. One, two, three. Was a hungry dog in the street. 
This song is probably the least specifically tailored to this album of the songs here. It absolutely fits within the themes and the ideas and the um, story, but to me, um, this song could pretty perfectly work on any other taxpayers album because this album, this song in particular, is so taxpayers. Absolutely, it, it reminds me a lot of um, of like some of the songs off um, uh, one of the really early releases. Um, he's blanking, folks. I can see it in his face. <laughs> I he's uh, blanking out. Exhilarating news. Ah, um, which is the album that has medicines. It's it, this is a this is you know there's a lot of the songs on this album that you couldn't really just play for anybody right you'd have to know that they'd be receptive to this sort of music this song you could play for anybody right. and I think they would love it it's really great and again there's this sine wave that's moving through there's I keep a, coming back this, to that metaphor this is like the first of a series of songs on the tail end of this album that are again their most popular songs. Right. This is one of them. Sure, and I get it. It's it's, it's one of the when I say it's one of the more, more accessible. When I say it's, yeah, when I say it's accessible, it's not an insult. Although some you know ultra indie yeah. heads might take that as an insult, it's not meant to be. Um, and it's one of the things that gives this album s- such lasting life is that it it is not a single note through the whole thing. It goes through a real journey. I'm really keep returning to this notion of a sine wave. There's this pattern and rhythm that carries you along through the whole thing and just when the energy is almost too much of the punk and the anger they give you something like this and there's still some dark cynicism in the lyrics it's not as if right. the songs have it's, become there's some, happy there's some contrast here i mean the song's title hungry dog in the street kind of you know it's it's not it's not happy lyrics but the, the especially the trumpet lick is is the most chipper um melody i think on the whole album. Yeah, and I don't know that this is... the. It's, I think it's the only time I've noticed it feels like he's moved to a nylon string guitar. Um, you were even thinking maybe it was a banjo. I, well, I thought that first and then quickly yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's not what a banjo sounds like yeah, at all. which it, banjo would not be out of place on this album at all. Or um, at least on this uh, On this song, song sorry. That's what it, I meant. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's see where they take it from here. The next song is called The Businessman. Here's a clip. That was The Businessman. This is a pretty unique song from the album. It's the first song with harmonica. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, which they use a lot on some of their other albums, but it's not a super prominent instrument. And this whole here. song has like a real blue... I mean, there's been blues a blues feeling to a lot of these songs in a certain way, but this one's, I think, sort of the most explicitly blues I mean, so you, you have like like sort of a, a really like high sort of... Um, 
kind of dissident slide right. riff throughout that's yep. kind of like kind harmonic, of subtle in the mix. The harmonica, of course, just screams blues right off the bat. This song also has a steady increase in tempo, yes. which is pretty interesting. Yes. And it all like comes together and then just falls apart at the end. Like it the every there's just loud banging on the cymbals and everything just kind of cascades down into into the uh conclusion. And the whole thing and you know I think this is true of the taxpayers in general, and this is something I'd say of pavement often that you've said before. There's a gorgeous sloppiness to these guys. Like the music is not Sloppy brilliant. Sloppy is be- not like the not right a, word. Not, not, well, for me, what I mean by that is it's not a, okay. A beautiful imprecision. They're not. They're not trying to be. It's not that they're. I mean, they're obviously brilliant musicians, but the point is not to be tight. It's it's the messiness of it that makes it more beautiful to me. And this song lets that come out in full force. I mean, that's kind of why I like indie music so much. Is I cannot deal with the clean uncluttered um or uh, like um mixing and arrangements of a lot of modern music even no means no which is an incredibly precise band always has i mean this is one of the geniuses of what andy brought to the band is that he had this messiness behind it that played against their precision not to go into no means no but that's the same i I can't help it it's hard not to but this song to me it screams that sort of I actually messiness. like in my head even though they're pretty different I in my like sort of subconsciously compare the taxpayers to no means no in so many ways cuz even though they're not directly related thematically they feel so related it feels uh, yeah, like a lot of the subject yeah. matter is feels very similar it's to me it's very human it's very like talking about the core of the human experience right it's not abstract it's not too abstract. No means no gets fairly abstract, but it's just talking about. It's not overtly political, right? Right. It's just talking about, which is another reason why you know, some punk music. It's, it, it, it you know, you can make good punk without having to just talk about politics, right? Or be super like over. You, you don't have to be Joe Biafra not to be too <laughs> on the nose about it. So this song is great, and the way that it builds up, as you were talking about the tempo, how it builds yeah. up is. It, it it tells a magnificent emotional story for it's sure. It's also one of the more visceral and violent songs on, yeah, the, on the, the album. The actual story that's being told, right? It's it's quite quite something. All right, let's get into the next one. This one's called the Carriage Town Clinic, and here's a clip of that. <laughs> Another one that I didn't get until now, <laughs> until this until this new batch of listening. Lyrically, you yeah. got it. Uh, yeah, musically before, but um, it seems to me like it's about him being in a mental hospital. It sounds like it. Yeah, and like you know, the uh, the line, uh, "My keeper in his white coat in the doorway," and it and there's you know it's the whole like 
most of the imagery being described is like a very clinical setting. It's incredibly evocative. The lyrics in this are, are amazing. Rob is an amazing lyricist, uh, which again, to me, is incredibly important in music. I, I don't enjoy music that doesn't have good lyrics. Um, I mean, I guess I can. I enjoy music more that has good lyrics, and Rob is an amazing lyricist, uh, like the other Rob. <laughs> again, not to take it back to that. Um, I, I feel like I... You can't not... Yeah, when you're as big of a fan and of these in, bands. In any event, this song's got great music as well. It's really driving. And I really am in awe of the way Rob is able to take the cadence of his voice on top of the musicianship to create sort of syncopated rhythms and rhythms that go in conjunction in a way that just carry the momentum of the song forward uh, in such fascinating ways, in song, different in different ways in each song. The song has such a unified tone. Yeah, yeah. All their songs do. Yeah, I mean the the way the rhythm matches with the intensity, with the lyrics, with the storytelling. Um, it's really something how we can do it in in something that feels of a piece, but that is so unique in so many different ways. Uh, what a great arc this this album has. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting towards the back half here. Let's jump into the last little uh, bit here. And this next song is called... I'm going to edit that little part out. I Love You Like an Alcoholic. Ah, it's this one. This one. Yeah. All right, everybody. Stay tuned. Here's a clip. Mr. Mungham had a special little shine in their eyes when they saw us walk by. Walked about 20 blocks talking about good bars and better towns than this one Kissed that first night Then the rain opened up the sky to get one last kiss I love you like an alcoholic One last kiss I love you like a statuette One last kiss I need you like I need a broken leg Okay, so that was a clip from I Love You Like an Alcoholic. Easily their most popular song. Yeah, I mean, like, you go on Spotify and you see most played or most popular. And There's a million right the covers of this song on YouTube. Like, it's their most well-known It's work super for sure. accessible, and again, that's not an insult by any means. Um, and it's really fantastic. It's also the first one that, on this album at least, that you hear Nazarene actually sing rather than sort of, like, passionately yell into the microphone. Right. And she sounds great. I really... Do uh, love like the sort of uh, contrasting like there's a couple different like guitar riffs in there. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Again, this is there's a there's these handful of songs on here that you could pull out and put as you know some singles on some other record, and you'd probably um, you know call them like as you said some of their most popular songs because there's it's such great songwriting. Right. So this. This, um, Hungry Dog in the Street, and, um, the next song sort of fit into their own sort of, sort of, they kind of set themselves apart, but work together on this album, um, as being the sort of, uh, like, lulls in the pacing of, of kind of just chill, very clear storytelling, um, and it's a much mellower side of Henry Turner. Right, and like every life, it has a rhythm. The, li the life has its ups and it has its downs. It has its quiet parts and its angry parts. You're getting a sort of fully realized picture or feeling 
for what it's like to be a human being. And these last three songs are kind of just a good conclusion because, like, um, I I think you know, as far as I can tell, this is a point in uh, Henry Turner's life where he's not the angry youth who's just living this insane, uh, like just unbelievable roller coaster kind of thing and and he's starting to kind of mellow out and settle into old age right right um though these songs might not necessarily be about you know his very later years they sort of come into that theme as as he's as he's like sort of reached well, done a lot of the the most notable things in his life already right right and if nothing else this is how rob and the rest of the taxpayers have chosen to chart Henry's story, right? I mean, and Rob met him once, you know, once he'd passed, you know, that first chapter of his life. Right, right. He he was pretty old when right. Rob met him, so right. so that that you know violent, angry person wasn't necessarily the person that he met. Right, right. Well, let's we're we're in the real final stretches here, folks. We've got two more. This next one is called Some Rotten Man, so let's hear a clip from that. They stuck you in the dirt While I was still away Nobody had the decency to tell me about it anyway Well I guess it's for the best They laid you down to rest Without some wreck like me to ruin things and turn into a mess Okay, so that was a clip of uh, Some Rotten Men. So this is kind of the last real song of the album, and it's kind of a good conclusion on... It's sort of a very nostalgic kind of feeling to the song. It goes through events in some level of detail. It's it's kind of keeping in with sort of the element from uh, I Love You Like an Alcoholic of a conversation. Yeah. It's, it, it's this is... Instead of just being kind of a message to the world, this is between two people. Yeah, it's um, it's so beautiful, and the the guitar riff on this is so buttery. It's kind of the cleanest electric that we've gotten in in the whole album. What a what a what a generous way <laughs> to leave us. It's such a with great story. finale to the album. It really is. It's sort of because perfectly... there's been so much anger and angst in it, but this one just guides you out of the story in a way that that lets you lets you feel like you're leaving it without having to carry a lot of that anger with you as you as you're right. It, it acknowledges that, yes. and then it says, "But that's not the imp- that's not as important." Yeah, yeah. This is where we are now. Yeah, and um, reminds you if you've forgotten yeah. from some of the more heavy elements of this band that these guys are really amazing songwriters and singers. It's so good. It's so good. Man, thank you guys for making this album. It's it is really such a fantastic. good album. 
Please it's make so more. Good. Please albums. make more. All right, you know what? We're gonna play a a just a really short clip of um, this last one, which is "Let the Seconds Do Their Worst." And How about we'll... you know what? Let's let's end with the clip. I want to talk about it first. Okay, um, great. So we'll end with the clip, and uh, and then I guess play the outro music after that. So, or maybe we'll all just have this as our outro music this week. Um. This is a song which is just an interview Rob did with someone who knew Henry Turner as a kid. Um, they lived on the same street, and apparently, okay. and you know, it's safe. Um, and she tells a couple stories about about kind of how he was as a kid. He was kind of a kind of a rowdy youth um, who made some mistakes. If he, I, if I remember correctly, like he almost burned their house down because he <laughs> tried to smoke a cigarette in the bathroom. Um, and but it's you know it's it's a really great way to end the album i mean uh some rotten uh man is is the finale of the album right but this is the outro it doesn't it doesn't feel no, like this outro. is like the no, last it's song kind it's of kind of just like you know you know you know what this does to me it firmly grounds it and reminds me that this is a real story because you're, it leaves you with a recording of someone who actually knew him telling the actual story. It's not Rob's vision of it. It's not Rob's version of it. This is somebody. It's, again, not, it's also not Henry Turner's version. No, no, of no. It. But it's it's someone's recollection of him, other than Rob, which makes you realize this is a real person. This this has been the story of a real human right. being in all of his glory and and foibles. And something like to mention on sort of that front is like so. This the stories from the song were told to uh, Rob by Henry, and they were probably in, embellished because, um, as Rob accounts in some places, uh, Henry Turner was a wonderful storyteller, and all right. good storytellers embellish. Sure. And so you know the album also has embellishments from Rob. Yeah. Because that's because that's how good stories should be. But this is not an embellished story, because this is just taken from a third party, just yeah. from someone yeah. who, you know, briefly knew Henry and kind of heard about what he was getting up to, you know, all the th crazy things that happened later in his life, but never really was that close with him after he uh, moved out of, of their street. Uh, it's a brilliant way to end what is an absolutely brilliant album. And, you know, Parker, thank you for bringing this one. I, I think this is a great way for us to get back into it. So we're going to leave you with a little clip from that one. Um... I don't know when we'll be back. I'm hoping we're going to be more regular now. I'm not yeah. going to promise this is going to be every two weeks, but that's what we're going to try. Going to try at least one a month. Yeah. It's um, a good goal. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like we've got a bit of a momentum. It's good for us to get back on the horse. So uh, if you've listened to this, clearly you've made it this far. And thanks for making it this journey. And again, you can follow us on Twitter, Indie Bandwidth. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Uh, also, thanks to... Um, I mean, no means no. That's our intro music. Oh yeah, so, now yeah, no means no. Now by no means no. Exactly, exactly. All right, everyone. So here's a little piece of the um, very last song on the album, which is called "Let the Seconds Do Their Worst." Thanks, everybody. same street that we lived on when we were kids and uh, he was about three houses down this was in Atlanta yeah we were in Atlanta and he 
was a couple of years younger than me, so we didn't hang out together much. But, you know, we, we were in the same neighborhood. Is that yours? Yeah. You Is that were... yours? Uh, yeah. Can you watch Keith on Yeah. Uh, did you, do you know, uh, you, you remember any funny stories? Well, there was the one time when my parents asked him to watch the house for us while we were on vacation. And, uh... He was supposed to go in and water the plants and feed the animals and such, and apparently he decided to have a cigarette in the bathroom and almost burnt the house down. And he was like 12, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you, uh, you ever keep in touch with him after that? No, uh, like I said, I was older.